This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome to the Leftovers Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside uh, Mike Evans, the Stinking Truth Podcast, Leftovers. Uh, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, I was so jealous. Well, I'm always jealous. You get a chance to call these great games every single week. But, man, the Viking storyline with Josh Dobbs. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Where do you rank it on the list of, wow, I can't believe I just you know, watched this unfold. I wish I would have thought about this during the broadcast, but you, you're so locked in kind of the game and what's going on. And sometimes you don't have a great. I don't anyhow. Some some guys do. I don't. I don't have a recall of the past as much, um, but it was probably more remarkable. That game was probably more remarkable than last year's game when they came back and beat Indianapolis after being down like whatever it was, thirty three nothing or whatever it was. I mean, what they accomplished. So I got the chance to. You know, be on the field. I always go down to the field before the game and during warm-ups and stuff. And um, some guys are really intense and focused, and I, I don't bother them when they're, you know, getting ready because I know how I was when I was getting ready to play a game. Um, and some guys, you know, will take their headphones out and come over and talk to you and whatever. So I saw Joshua Dobbs, so I started walking up, and he takes his headphones out, and I'm going, dude, like, how you doing? He goes, man, I'm great. I'm like, you you know, you're following me around? Like, you, you know, no, you're following me around. You know, we're, we're kind of – shooting the breeze and and um so i was like how much of this how much do you have down he says well i know the whole play sheet so i can regurgitate the plays doesn't mean i know i like i'm i'm i haven't run them and it doesn't mean i'm familiar with them but i can regurgitate the whole play sheet so anyhow we ended up just kind of like kind of going back and forth talking a little bit so when he comes into the game like you think about it, he coming into the game he takes a sack for a safety he has two, you know, ball security issues where he fumbles twice after getting hit. You know, he, all these things that go wrong right off the bat and has the capacity and just the mental toughness to stay completely locked in. And after the game, Kevin O'Connell is saying, man, I'm in his headphones. I'm getting the play in early. He's spitting the play out and like, hey, man, all right. Like, for instance, he's like, and I'm just going to give you kind of a, Football 101, one, day one installation, right? Go, okay, here's what we're going to run, you know, and, and we call the play, and um, on the front side, we've got a curl-flat combination on a two-by-two two formation, right? So you got a 12-yard in-cutting, you know, in-curl, and you got a flat, and what you're trying to do is expose the flat defender, right? You're trying to widen the flat defender so you can hit that curl in that hole between the hook and the, and the flat guy. And so you're you're sitting there going, you're calling that play. But if we get man-to-man, I want you to go to the backside where we got Lion, right, double slants. And that inside Lion guy, tight end or whoever he is, is going to pull that inside defender out and throw it to the outside slander, right? 
and you're going to have that hole, that window right there. So he's like talking to Josh Dobbs while he's walking up the line of scrimmage, going blue eighty, blue it. You know, I he's mean, got up until fifteen seconds left yeah, 15 on the seconds. Yeah, play clock on the right. play clock right. before it then goes Just out, cuts out. Right. So anyhow, he's he's talking him through each play call. Uh, and giving him alerts on what to look for and, and what to be aware of. And here's where we're thinking about going if we, if we get this defense. Like, remarkable. And then he converted. Uh, he had a touchdown on a long scramble. He converted at the last drive of the game a 22-yard. It was a fourth and seven They uh, that he, he scrambled for 22 yards. I mean, it, it was it's one of the most remarkable, like, accomplishments, one of the like just one of the most remarkable games and and performances, I think that that I've really ever seen. Considering the fact, I mean, he had no no first team reps whatsoever. Well, that that's kind of what I wanted to get into and press you on a little bit more because I think we all, as football fans, we understand that playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. Right. But what stands out? What what was so extraordinary about what he did? Knowing the challenges of playing the position. Give me some other examples of what just was so extraordinary about what he pulled off. I I just think, one, you start off with a sack for a safety, two points, two fumbles that got, you know, Contavious Street, who got to uh, Atlanta on, on Tuesday in a trade with Philadelphia, catches one out of the air. Another one is, you know, hit out of your hand, and you're not protecting the ball. So you've got this start that is just not very good and to be able to file that away and not let it affect you and to be able mentally strong enough to go out there when you really you have a great idea of what's going on because of all the the football you played but you really don't know like you really don't I mean have you ever been in a situation where you're completely unprepared for something (laughs) right and and you've got a general sense. It's like a like somebody yeah. goes, okay, you don't know exactly what's going on, and you don't know all the ins and outs. And then somebody at this conference goes, uh, Mike, why don't you get up and speak about this? Right. And you haven't really done the homework. You're like, oh, there's a lot of and buts or yeah. heretofores, yeah. and you know a lot of that. You, you know, you got a baseline knowledge, right? But you really, how far can that take yeah, you? Or you, you really know? don't have like the the. The, you, you've, you've taken a bunch of one-on-one classes, but you don't have the doctorate or you don't have yeah. the, the This isn't the a 400 level. level. Yeah. <laughs> and so for him to be able to do all that stuff, and then think about this from Minnesota's perspective. One of the things that Kevin O'Connell always talks about, and it's a we probably have a difference of philosophy in this to a degree, but he's always talking about getting people into premium plays. So my sense, and I don't know how many just call it and run it plays he has, but my sense of talking to him on multiple occasions, he always talks about premium plays. And my sense is that pretty much every play has a can-it aspect to it. So, hey, we want to run 18 handoff, and we want to can it to uh, to 15, um, uh, to a fake 15 um, pass, you know, blah, 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 whatever the route combination is, right? And so if we get this look, we're going to run it. If we get this look, we're going to go to this pass play. And, like, I, my my gut feeling for him is pretty much everything has a either-or aspect to the play call. So you're also coupling a quarterback. Now, now remember, Jaron Hall, incredibly mature kid, 
out of BYU. First drive, I think they go three and out. Second drive, he leads them all the way down the football field in their in scoring position, and he's scrambling to try to score. Gets knocked out by Jeff Akuda, and uh, you know hits his head on the back of the turf, and the rest is history. He's done for the day. So um, he put together, but that's the guy that has all the checks. That's the guy that's taking all the first team reps. That's the guy who knows what they're trying to do. And here comes, you know, here comes Joshua Dobbs in without all that intricate knowledge, without all that understanding. Um, it's plus there's just all the nuance, right? right. I mean, it's uh, they're working on cadence. Before right. the game, you know, here's how I sound when right. I'm calling out and, and trying to get on the same and, page. And it's such an important aspect of the game because cadence is is the rhythm of the offense. Yeah. And it's what every guy tries to, We especially as offensive linemen, you're always trying to jump the cadence. You're all, you're all trying to jump it together. But it's got to be rhythmic and it's got to have, you know, the voice inflection has to be right. And, you know, coming on Tuesday and really for the most part not to have any issues with it, is is remarkable for Viking fans. What should the takeaway? What would your message be about Kevin O'Connell and what you learned about Kevin O'Connell throughout all this? Right, Kevin O'Connell is like I know that he holds people within that organization accountable, and you know, and and like they will sit and have some pretty rough meetings about the running game and everything else. And they've got to increase and, and they've got to be better in the running game. And one of my solutions to that is quit having so many check with me's. Sometimes you just need to line up and quick count it and just run the damn thing, right? Sometimes you need to. You, you, sometimes you can't worry about having answers to everything. Sometimes you just have to get up in um, and be more physical. So, but I think he's. I think he's. He's super knowledgeable. He's really smart as a coordinator. He knows exactly what he wants to attack. He knows exactly what people are going to try to get him with. He he gets all that stuff. He's great at that. And Brian Flores, as their defense coordinator, is a sharp tack man, and. They're the number one blitz team in in all of football. And one of the things that Brian Flores believes in, and, and it comes back to his time in New England, Mike. His time in New England, he started off as an offensive assistant under um, Bill O'Brien. And Bill O'Brien would always say, hey, man, we've got this or we've got that, and, and it's going to be hard to you know run this particular thing against because they bring this blitz, so let's take that out of our game plan, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that always impressed upon me, like, well – if you guys are limiting your menu based upon the aggressiveness of the defense, when I go to the defensive side, because I, he said I always knew I was going to be a defensive play caller, and go, why don't I just ratchet that stuff up? If I can basically say, hey, my pressures are going to take you out of, you know, it's going to eliminate you from going A, B, C, D, E, F, G down to A, B, C, D. And I'm going to eliminate that part of the playbook for you? Well, I'm going to err on the side of being aggressive. And so there's a real kind of cat and mouse game going on. I just found him really intriguing and fun to talk to based upon his aggressiveness and what he's trying to allow his players to do. This a formula that can get him to the playoffs? I think Josh Dobbs has been a journeyman for a reason. And for them to be a playoff team, now they've got talent. I think Justin Jefferson may be back. I talked to him on the sideline. Um, he, like, it's going to be up to the doctors, but he feels like he's ready to roll, like he wants to come back. They have got, with Hawkinson and, and Jordan Addison and uh, Osborne, who, who was in concussion protocol, I don't know if he'll play this week, but they've got talent, Mike. 
But I believe you're going to have to figure out your run game, and your run game is bad, real bad. So I thought with Kirk Cousins, they had a chance to chase down and reel in Detroit. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case with Joshua Dobbs unless they really all of a sudden flip the switch and do a 180 in the run game. For our Atlanta viewers, yeah, because of the division they play in, not a crippling loss. But, but my goodness, what a what a crippling after, loss. After everything that you just laid out, how extraordinary it was what Joshua Dobbs pulled off. How did Atlanta let it happen? Right. Um, Talk about kicking yourself. Yeah, you know, the problem, honestly, the problem is, I think there's a twofold problem here. I think Atlanta really is good running the ball. I think they're a physical group. I think their O-line it really has that ability. I think their multiple tight ends are very good with that kind of stuff. But I think there's a couple of identity issues with Atlanta. One, I think Kyle Pitts is an ex-receiver. And you trying to Explain make him. Explain that. Well, you know, he's a tight end who can really run, and he's big and lanky and everything else. And he just, like, inside, ever since he had that knee injury, he just does not look like he's as explosive as a player, and he's not a great blocker. And, you know, you've got him between the hashes, and I think he would be a guy with his height and size that would do two things for you. You you put him outside, Mike, and I think, one, obviously he can run. And he's – how tall is he? 6'6", 246. Yeah, he's 6'6", six, six, right? He can run like a deer. I think you're going to affect the defense more with him on the outside than you are in the middle. Does that make sense? Like, you're going to roll coverage and you're going to have, like, hey, man, we're going to try to cloud him, right? Bang him on the – getting off the line of scrimmage and then have a safety over the top. Well, that effectively takes two guys out of your defense, right? And you get one-on-ones everywhere else. So uh, I think that he would be more effective a player out there in space than he is right now with what you're asking him to do. Because Janu Smith, is a he's a, not a good player. He's a really great player. Um, the other thing is, is when you're trying to be a drop-back team, the Atlanta Falcons aren't constructed to, to be a drop-back offensive line. I don't believe. I think Jake Matthews is amazing. I think Caleb McGarry is is a good player. He's like a zone blocking Viking. You know, he's just a big <laughs> giant dude. But you need that kind of you need that run game to go along with that. And ultimately, it comes down to your two quarterbacks. And I don't know if they'll go back to Ritter. Um, I don't know if Heineke will remain the quarterback. I love Heineke. I love his competitiveness. I love the way he plays. But Heineke is that guy who's going to make four plays a game that um, are four throws a game that are, are basically can you catch them as a defense or not? And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if he had – I don't know how many interceptions he threw. I knew I, – I can remember one. I want to say he threw two picks in that particular game. Um, don't quote me on that. Hold on. Real quick, let me just look at this really quick because um, – And as, I, as you're looking, let, yeah. me, let me throw this question out because if, if you're looking at – a division that's completely winnable. Uh-huh. If you're Atlanta, Heineke or Ritter, bigger, bigger right. picture, longer haul. Yeah, who gives you the best chance of winning this division? Um, I and, and why? What, yeah. what are you What are you looking okay. for from your quarterback so, right. to win this mediocre division? So he threw one pick, but he had one 
that probably should have been picked that's one of the easiest decisions in football. So there's a play that everybody runs. It's a play pass. So you're keeping seven guys in protection, right? You're faking a handoff. That back will check and then release late. So you're basically running a two-man route with a leaker late, right? A leak, leak out of the back, whatever he does. Maybe he runs an option in the middle or maybe he runs a flat, whatever he runs. doesn't really matter. So the concept is this. One side of the football field, you got a post, okay? The other side of the football field, you run a deep over. And when you're running it that way and you're running that protection, you do it out of, you know, two tight ends formation, right? And you do it out of, um, you know, or two backs and a tight end, whatever. You do it out of a heavy formation and you're keeping multiple guys in. So you're keeping seven guys, maybe eight guys in protection, right? And so what you're reading, you're always going to get some type of, you know, single high safety, middle of the field closed. So what you're reading is that safety. That's all you're reading. So that post goes behind the safety. If the safety stays on top of that, you throw the over, Mike. Do you understand that? Sure. If the if the safety jumps the over, you throw the post. Well, the safety jumps the over, and he throws the over. And it almost is picked off. I'm like, dude, that's, that's football 101. That's not hard. That's not a hard read. And there's always two or three of those plays that you look at that, to me, are a problem. Here's the way they're constructed. And I know that Arthur Smith is trying to develop his offense, right? He's trying to grow his offense. But here's what I think they need to do. Go back to being a bully. Go back to running it 60% of the time or 55 or 58% of the time and limit what you're doing throwing the football. And the reason, to me, Heineke gives you a better opportunity is because Heineke can play that style and he can play under center a lot more than than Desmond Ritter can. And when you're under center, it does something for you as a football team. When you are under center, you hide the ball better. So now all of a sudden, one, it expands your running game because there's probably about 30 or 40% of your runs that get shit-canned when you're in shotgun. You can't run them. So it expands your run game by 30 40%, and it opens up your hardcore play-action stuff. Because one of the things that happens to linebackers is when you're under center and you turn your back to the defense and you're kind of hunched down and you flag that ball out there, they can't see it. The linebackers can't see it. So you know what happens? They step up, right? They jump up. And that, and there's a much better opportunity for hardcore run game and hardcore play action game with Heineke than there is with Des Ritter because Des Ritter – you know, grew up like a lot of the quarterbacks that grew up in this league. They play seven on seven. They go to a college. They play a high school football that's not under center. They play college football. They're never under center. And their footwork and their timing and everything does not line up. So you play them in pistol. You play them side saddle in shotgun. And and they're not as good in those, in those situations under center. So Heineke, I think, gives you a better opportunity to continue to run the ball and get better opportunity to set up your play action stuff. So as we look at the biggest factors surrounding the Falcons here moving forward, uh, where does this fit into it? Arthur Smith shaving his mustache. What kind of role will ooh, that play did he shave the his... rest of the way? He did. He did. He did. That was a beautiful lip sweater. That thing was you gotta be kidding me, man. That's how he uh that's how he that's uh, how he rolls. That's how he looks uh Yeah, let me see if I can find a picture for you. But yeah, he is now clean shaven. He's without 
Without the stash. Without the stash. My gosh. You ever thought about shaving yours? You got the stash goatee thing going. Man, you'd look like you were. Child? 12. With that porcelain-like skin of yours? I could do it. I think when you reach a certain level of, of chubbitude. <laughs> you need it to kind of. Yeah, you need it to. Mask. Mask some the, of the. The, the chubbitude. The, the puffiness. Yeah. I hear like you. If I really went hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. Like, because uh, let's face it. I would be absolutely chiseled. If I uh, really, if I really went that direction, my face would just get sucked in there. Mm -hmm. I'd look gaunt. Yeah, that's right. You'd look like uh, blue steel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it would be sexy. There's no question uh -huh. about it. But um, I like to eat, and I like to have a certain amount of, um, you know, a certain amount of fluffiness to me. Yeah. So I don't well, think that that's going to work for me. All right. So all right. we'll see what that. Factor plays. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it could end up being a, a key thing. Yeah, you could have people all around Atlanta shaving off their uh, facial hair. There you go. And Most means, of the time in November, don't isn't that like Manvember where you go grow your Movember? You 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 don't shave. Yeah, you don't shave. you don't shave in November. He went Movember in that he mowed off his mustache. He mowed it off. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if uh, I wonder if the the. Carpet meets the uh, matches the drapes. All right, all right, all right. That's it. You think he shaved his nethers? Oh, jeez. Manscape. He's going to do manscape commercials now. Hmm. I'm sure you'll get a Falcon game again between now and the end of the season. You can ask him. I, I, I could say. Uh, I'm sure he's eagerly looking forward to that conversation. Arthur. Uh, Arthur. How's it going down under? <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're an idiot. For everybody involved, I'm in an city. idiot. Yes. For everybody, but well, you took me down that road. I yes, I, I you make, took I, me down I, the I, road. I took you, you kicking, know, I took you, you kicking and you screaming. You know that I am not mature enough to handle myself oh, in adult point. conversation. That's a good point. You know that. That's uh, it is on me. That's on. Me. That's on me. For everybody involved, the Sick Truth Podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to the leftovers. Make sure you drop us a comment. Drop us a like. Uh, and uh, make sure you subscribe to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back with you next week.